Amen. I wish you would keep our president in prayer. All of a sudden, everything I see on TV, it's almost like the Democrats now want to get rid of him. But man, we got one worse than him behind him. So we need to really pray about that. And I'm serious. God, God can take care of this thing, but it's really troublesome to see what's going on right now there. But uh, pray for our president, please. <clears throat> I've been studying uh, the life of Joseph over again. I, I love the life of Joseph. If there was, uh, even if it wasn't the Word of God, if it was just literature, it's one of the greatest stories ever told. And uh, just going through. And by the way, every novel uh, uses the story of Joseph. It starts off and and then it uh, goes through a time of trouble, and then he at the end he ends up as a king. And just uh, one right under the king and everything, and in the end it's happy ever after, amen. And the whole story of Joseph is the way every novel is written. And uh, but beyond just being a beautiful novel, it's the word of God. And uh, when you study the life of Joseph, it's there for a purpose. It's not just about Joseph; it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything in the Bible is. And that's the reason I like to read and study it so much. And I believe it's one of the most familiar stories in the Bible. First of all, each of the great Israelitish patriots illustrates some basic spiritual truth. And the order they're mentioned in Scripture is the order of that their lives agree with the doctrinal order of Scripture. For instance, if you study Abraham's life, Abraham illustrates the doctrine of election because he was simply uh, singled out by God from all the heathens and chosen to be the head of the Jewish nation. God elected me and you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Number two, Isaac foreshadowed the doctrine of sonship. In Abraham's firstborn Ishmael, is represented by the natural man born of the flesh, the old nature. But in Isaac, born by the miraculous power of God, tells the new man in Christ Jesus the spiritual nature, the new birth of Christ. Hey, by the way, my little grandson, he's just learning his Bible and things, and and I had a laugh today as Cheryl, his grandmother, was talking to him. Do you know God? You believe in God? Jason, he said, yeah, I believe in God. He said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, now, Mima, watch how you use his name. <laughs> I love that, man. He's, he's protecting his name already. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, uh, Isaac speaks of the new birth in Christ as a Christian. Jacob is an example of the conflict between the two natures. In the believer, and God's grace is indiscipline, which when applied slowly but surely, wins the spirit over the flesh. Uh, Joseph, his life typifies the child of God as heir, which is then followed by his sufferings, and Joseph reigning and ruling over Egypt, a type of the world, 
points to the millennial reign, a time in the future when the child of God, the heirs of Christ, shall reign together with Him. As in the life of Joseph, which speaks of heirship, and like the life of Joseph, we too have sufferings here on earth before the glories will receive afterwards. Notice also that Joseph is the last of the men of God that the book of Genesis gives a big part of. And all there are seven prominent men of God mentioned in the book of Genesis. There's Adam, Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. <coughs> There's more scripture given over to the story of Joseph than any of the first six mentioned in Genesis. There are reasons for that. Number one, the history of Joseph is the chief link that connects Genesis with Exodus. If you picked up the book of Exodus and you just read that without the book of Genesis, you couldn't understand it. It wouldn't make sense. But if you had the book of Genesis and the last part of Joseph and understanding where the Jews come from and the Exodus, then now it explains itself. Two, you cannot understand the first few chapters of Exodus without the lost last ten chapters of Genesis. Third, is it's Joseph's life that explains the great growth of the Hebrews from a few wandering shepherds to over two million in a colony down in Egypt. Fourth, the main reason why so much scripture is written to describe the life of Joseph in full detail is because almost everything is typified something in connection with Christ. I want to give you some of those in just a few minutes. Note also, every Bible student ought to know, number one, purpose of the Old Testament Scripture is to prepare beforehand the life and the death of the Lord Jesus Christ to the hearts and minds of men, such as Adam represents Christ's headship. Adam is the head of all men in birth, so Christ is the head of all men in the new birth. Abel represents Christ's death. Christ's blood was shed for our sins, and His blood Christ for justice from God His Father. No sin will go unpunished because of Christ's shed blood on Calvary for sin. Thirdly, Noah represents Christ's work in providing a refuge for His people, that is, the ark. Every sinner who gets in Christ is safe evermore. Melchizedek points <clears throat> to the Christ as priest. There is but one mediator or priest between God and man, and that's Christ Jesus, our great high priest. Then Moses represents Christ as prophet. Christ is our prophet from God, pointing us the way. John 14, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> David represents Christ as king, and Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. But in Joseph, there's over 100 points in which Joseph and Christ are typified. Beginning in Genesis chapter 37, I want to read a little bit, and then I want to show you some things. I won't use all 100 points, but I want to show you some of them. 
in Joseph beginning in, in Genesis chapter 37 verse 1. And Jacob dwelled in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bli and with the sons of Zephyr, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brother, and they hated him yet the more. And he said to them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. And he goes on and tells his dream. And all it's about is, is he's, the dream that Joseph is dreaming, not only will he be over his brothers, but he'll be over his father and mother also. And they hated him for that dream. Now I want to give you some seven points here in these verses in which Joseph prefigures the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Isn't it wonderful how the Bible dovetails itself together? All the New Testament doctrines, God will give you a type and figure of that in the Old Testament. And that you, so when you're reading somebody's life in the Old Testament, you study it real careful and it appoints the Lord Jesus Christ in some way figure. In the mean, number one, in the meaning of Joseph's two names. For instance, his first name, Joseph, means adder or adding. In Genesis 30, verse 24... And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. So the first Adam was the great subtractor. But the last Adam, which is Christ, is the great adder. Through the first Adam, men became lost. But the last Adam, Christ, all who believe are saved are found. Christ is the one who adds to heaven's host. John 14, verse 24. The death of Jesus on the cross gathers much fruit. And that means he gathers souls. Joseph's occupation, like Christ, was a, that of a shepherd. Jesus is called a great shepherd, feeding his flock. The Bible says Jesus, is, in his early ministry, was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He spent his life intending to the needs of others. In Psalms 23, presents Christ in his character. He's a good shepherd. He's careful watch over his own. The good shepherd is patient. He is protecting. He is tender and caring. He listens to his own. He gives his life for the sheep. Then thirdly, Joseph's opposition to evil, like Christ. Genesis 32, 37 verse 2 says, And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now, some people want to say that Joseph was a tattletale, but that's not true. Joseph was a truth teller, and a coward would keep silent when evil is done. Now, the world hates anyone who will face them with their wrongdoings. John 7 verse 7 the world cannot hate you, Jesus is talking, but me it hated because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. 
And so when Joseph is seen telling on his brothers because of their evil doing, that typifies the Lord Jesus Christ coming in this world and convincing us that we're sinners. Jesus never hid people's sins. Joseph's father loved for him. In Genesis 37 verse 3, Now Israel or Jacob loved Joseph more than all his children. And think about this. How much Jacob loved Joseph. He marked him special by making him a coat of many colors. Again, Jacob grieved and could not be comforted when his other sons said, uh, Beast devoured Joseph. Thirdly, Jacob taking that long journey into Egypt that he could see could see Joseph again before the, he died. And all this tells the father, God the Father's love for his son, his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 3, verse 17. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Ephesians 2, 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Now, right now, Jesus is seated on the Father's right hand. Amen? Now, fifthly, Joseph's relation to his father's age. In in Genesis 37, verse 3, he was a son of his old age. Old age in the Bible spiritually means eternity. Joseph was and is God's eternal son, or Jesus is, from beginning to everlasting, Jesus is the Father, God the Father's Son of His old age. Jesus exposed the sins of the hearts of men. Two things will happen when anyone meets Jesus. You will either love Him because He first loved you and died for you, or you will hate Him for exposing your sins. And I love this Psalms 2 and verse 12. Kiss the Son, lest He be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So when you read the story of Joseph, and it links the book of Genesis with the book of Exodus, and you see where God is raising up a Savior of the children of Israel, that takes us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus came in this world to save sinners like you and I. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story and a beautiful picture. Amen? And I love to read it and study it, and I pray you will and get a real blessing out of it. Amen? Glad you came tonight. Sure am. Pray for my wife every day, if you would, please, because she's having a hard time. Uh, I know Ms. Johnson came in after I said it, but um, I got my daughter with her. She just had a hard day. She has these days off and on. Ain't nothing you can do about it. But just do the best we can for her, all right? Stand with me, please. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we do ask you to bless those on the prayer sheet. It's a wonderful time to get together with your people and pray for our loved ones that's sick and ill. Know that you'll hear us. Know you'll answer prayer. And I do thank you for this report, Brother Chuck, brother-in-law, Lord, uh, how you're blessing him. We ask you to take care of him. Guide the doctors there. Give them wisdom. But Lord, if you'll watch over us and our families, we'll praise you for it every day of our life now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.